The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mesrowski. No sign of a plane door a day after it fell off of an aircraft that had taken off from Buffalo Airport only minutes before. The FAA investigating the incident that happened Monday. There were two people aboard the plane which returned safely to the airport. According to Channel 4, the small plane belongs to Encore Aviation, a flight school in Cheektowaga. A search Tuesday turned up nothing. Anyone who has information or sees a plane door asked to call Cheektowaga police. Stocks were sent spiraling after a new report showing inflation came in higher than expected at 3.1 percent last month, meaning a cut in interest rates may not come for several months. Markets have been aggressively pricing in a Fed cut, and I think that you know markets have a bad habit of overreacting, and then they overcorrect to the overreaction. Uh, so what we're seeing, or what we've seen today in particular, um, is a market that had been you know placing its eggs in the basket of the Fed cutting rates really aggressively. That's Javier David at Axios. The Dow dropped over 500 points yesterday. Wow. All right. Well, how well are office spaces recovering from the COVID shutdowns? WBEN's Brayton Wilson looks to see if Buffalo fares better than most of the country. According to the latest numbers from CBRE Upstate New York, office occupancy in the city of Buffalo in 2023 was down 15.8 percent from 2022, but it's still better when compared to the national outlook, which sees office occupancy down 18.6 percent from 2022. Those numbers track Class A, B, and flex office spaces that are 10,000 square feet and up and do not account for sublease space in the overall vacancy number. While the vacancy number may not have gone down as much as some had thought or planned. Sarah Kashmir-Warren with CBRE Upstate New York was pleasantly surprised with the numbers based on the personal amount of activity she has been seeing throughout the office. I think we're shifting to more of a qualitative approach than quantitative because it's a lot of what's happening behind the scenes and what we're actually seeing the tenants doing that can't be really counted in numbers. And that's the drive towards quality spaces, but even like enhancing B spaces as well. B spaces, bread and butter, of Buffalo. So even if it's carpet and paint and changing your furniture to make it a more attractive environment across the board, people are thinking of office in a much more thoughtful way, which is a good thing. When it comes to office space trends going forward, Kashmir Warren believes the days of high-density cube farms are going away, which she thinks is a positive for cities like Buffalo. Instead, she's seeing a drive towards quality, amenity-rich buildings that can allow companies to implement business strategies alongside office space as a transformative piece of the puzzle. I think that's a much healthier your work environment. That's how people should want to be in an office space. They should be wanting to socialize and do things and fuel creativity and foster collaboration, you know. So I think we're just becoming just a better office environment. More on office occupancy in Buffalo is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Brayton, thank you. As we get closer to the total solar eclipse, You'll hear a lot about Eclipse glasses, most of which are made by one company in California. WBEN's Tom Puckett talked to its founder to see why these glasses are different. What makes Eclipse glasses different from ordinary sunglasses or tanning glasses? Sometimes I see online, I'll see an advertisement for, you know, mixed in with Eclipse glasses, I'll see some kind of uh, safety glass or sunglass, and it's really... Not a good, it's not a good mixture. 
you know, they're not the same thing. Mark Margolis of Rainbow Symphony says ISO-approved eclipse glasses will only let you see the orange disc representing the sun. He says once you have the glasses, it's easy to protect them. You want to keep your fingers off the lenses so you don't have to, like, wipe any, um, uh, you know, grease or... Or you know any you know any anything off the lenses. You want to keep your lenses clean. You will not see anything through these glasses but a an orange disc of the sun. Uh, they're basically 100%. Uh, they filter 100% of UV, 100% of I of IR radiation, and and most of. Uh, uh, of the visible light transmission. He had some glasses come with sleeves to keep them in. You can hear more online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. You know, the one thing I, you keep hearing, like, don't touch the lenses. Be it, Right. They make them sound very fragile. Yeah, which, well, they're, they're like paper glasses too, right? Yeah. Well, I. It doesn't go hand in hand. Like, if we're putting them in a six-pack of beer, which they will be, they can't also be fragile to the point, don't touch the right. lenses or else you'll, you know, burn your right. eyes or something like that. I don't know. Either way, uh, get your glasses on. You can read a little bit more about that company over at WBEN.com started in California. You know, is looking a little bit more into and Pretty cool. Just a guy who, uh, you know, started making filters on glass and then said, like, hey, I can do things with glasses. So they do it, it, strange company. Solar glasses. Okay. 3D glasses, like the old school movie, you know, red and blue 3D. Uh, They call them fireworks glasses that almost makes, you're supposed to wear them during fireworks and it creates like an even bigger kaleidoscope effect. Wow. And then other, you know, filtered glasses too. But it is pretty neat. I was thinking, do they only make eclipse glasses? It's it's got to be a hard business after this year if (laughs) if that's the case. But This is their big year. (laughs) They've they've got some other stuff uh, going on too. (laughs) That is pretty cool. Well... Maybe there's a reason that that bouquet is so expensive. If you're picking up flowers today for someone special, chances are they made a stop in Florida first. A trade group spokeswoman tells the New York Times 90% of all roses you buy at the florist, the supermarket, or on a website come through the airport in Miami. Most are grown in Colombia and Ecuador, sent stateside in cargo planes, then inspected and loaded onto trucks that deliver them to every mainland state. In order to meet demand, Colombia's Avianca Airlines doubles its number of daily cargo flights for the month leading up to February 14th, and U.S. Customs and Border Patrol brings in extra agriculture specialists. After today, the flower demand plummets until Mother's Day. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Okay. Wow. I mean, you know, I had a feeling these flowers weren't all clipped into pew <laughs> in February. But right, right. Uh, it, it kind of makes sense now why it's Yeah, but for most of the country to go through Miami first, it's it, pretty there wild. There you go. They've, uh, they've got the whole thing set on flowers. A planned strike? On Valentine's Day, for some drivers of Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, workers pushing for better wages and work conditions. But Uber says most drivers not expected to participate and it won't impact service. Whether heading out or ordering in for Valentine's Day, you may want to have a backup plan. That's because workers of popular rideshare companies and food delivery services are opting to rally and shut off their apps during certain hours. Thousands of Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash drivers are planning a Cupid's Day strike at major airports nationwide, demanding fair pay and safer working conditions. Uber says most of its workers are driving and not picketing and won't impact service. Michelle Franz in ABC News. Okay, so there you have, uh, you know, something to watch out for. It shouldn't impact you all that much here.
Valentine's Day plans for everybody out there? It'll be interesting coming up in just about 20 minutes. We'll see. It's not just Valentine's Day. It's Ash Wednesday. Yeah. So you have a, a lot of things that, uh, two different things that a lot of Western New Yorkers celebrate happening on the same day. And it's two very different types of, you know, quote unquote, celebrations or how you recognize the day, right? right. Like one is very lavish. You go all out. One is all about restraining yourself. The, how do they blend together? Right. It's weird that they collided on the same day. Yeah. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Mostly sunny skies this afternoon with temperatures near 30 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and cold. Overnight lows near 20. On Thursday, clouds will increase. Winds will be strong, gusting near 50 miles per hour with rain and snow showers in the afternoon. Cooler on Friday with highs back near 30. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. This doesn't happen very often, the start of Lent falling on Valentine's Day. Father Paul Seil from UB's Newman Center is joining us on the WBEN Trocare College Live Line. Father Paul, good morning. It's it's a conflict, hey, right? Good morning. Happy uh, Ash Valentine's Day. There you go. I mean, there we go. these two things, they couldn't be more different on the same day. Well, uh, in one sense, they couldn't be more different, but they're both rooted in a religious tradition you know, St. Valentine, the martyr and bishop of the early church, uh, who, who uh, represents now in the secular society, uh, really represents the whole idea of love. And uh, Ash Wednesday, in one sense, we're entering into a time where we're going to celebrate uh, the love of God at Easter. That's what it is for uh, many Christian denominations. Ash Wednesday begins this 40-day period where we prepare uh, and, and get ready for Easter. So there's a little bit of similarity, although it's a little bit hard to see, I would think. Yeah, because on the surface, right, one is all about uh, decadence and going all out and, you know, uh, kind of treating yourself and your significant other, right, in Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, we think of, well, you know, there's a reason why we have the Punchki Day before Ash Wednesday, because it's the day you're, you're maybe stopping all of that, stripping things down and going back to basics. Um, and the two kind of coinciding, I think it leaves a lot of people wondering, well, I, how can they coexist in my own little world? Well, Brian, uh, you're right. There is a certain amount of uh, extravagance that always comes when someone's in love with someone else. And hopefully Valentine's Day is not just a, a, a once-a-year event, uh, you know. So it's, it is it is that sense of kind of a big dinner and all of these wonderful things, you know. Uh, but for the Christian, you know, there's kind of a, you got to kind of work with things as they come our way. It's always been that way. And, you know, luckily this doesn't happen very often. Uh, but the thing is that, uh, you know, there are some, some options. I mean, uh, in the Catholic Church, you can you're, we're supposed to be fasting today. That's part of uh, Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. A lot of people will be wearing their ashes on their head. You'll see that throughout the day today. But the thing is that, uh, you know, you can still um, fast together if you wanted to. You can still have a big meal tomorrow. I know some people were talking about maybe doing it yesterday because it is Fat Tuesday is that day to really celebrate there's ways of trying to work it out, but it's it's uh, it's an important day for a lot of people, and I wouldn't want to, and nobody wants to take that away from anybody. It's just that the season of Lent is also very important too. So we're faced with this little bit of a conundrum this year. So if you're going to defer one, do you say 
hold off on Valentine's Day, or maybe you celebrated it last night, but or celebrated it over well, the know, weekend. I'm a sixty. I'm a sixty-eight year old celibate. So what am I going to say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> hold off on Valentine's Day, of course. But the reality is that uh, that's not easy for everyone, and certainly, you know, I mean, we're talking about really Catholics or Christians who are. Uh, you know, uh, really observant of this. So it's not going to affect a, a, a lot of people. But if you are an observant person, probably the, the easiest way of doing it would be uh, just, uh, you know, you can gaze into each other's eyes and uh, think about why you love your beloved. And, uh, you know, that, that could be one of the ways you could celebrate Valentine's Day. But again, Valentine's Day is not just for a day, is it? Uh, it's it's for many days during the year for those who are in love. So, um, you know, uh, that's that's all I could say about it. It's it's just it's an individual decision. Uh, some people may very well. I know some couples who will observe uh, Ash Wednesday today and defer. Uh, but there's probably not that many who will do that. But let's face it: if you're not a if you're kind of a you know an economical person, it's certainly a good. Uh, <laughs> It's certainly a a good out uh, for not spending all that money on an expensive (laughs) dinner tonight. It is a nice little excuse. I can't wait to hear what my wife says when I say, honey, I just want to gaze into each other's eyes for a little bit. And uh, (laughs) she might look at me like I have eight eyes. I'd like to hear that too. You know, Father, I'm wondering how, how you look at how people are recognizing the season of Lent, because I feel like more and more, maybe every single year, you hear some. Oh, I'm giving up this for Lent. I'm giving up that for Lent, and that's just kind of how they recognize it. And it's almost—I don't know—it sometimes it sounds like it almost turns into a personal. This is my 40-day challenge. Hashtag Let's Post It uh, thing instead of you know anything to do with Lent and the Easter season. I, I don't. How are you looking at how people have observed it and how it's changed over the years? Yeah, that's an excellent observation. Uh, there's people who give up. I, I know January was a dry month for one generation of people as far as giving up alcohol, and a lot of people do that for Lent. Or I actually give up chicken wings. I don't eat a lot of chicken wings, but I have chicken wings right going up to Lent, and then no chicken wings. Now, that's kind of a, a ridiculous thing in one sense, because what good does it do just to give up chicken wings or M&Ms or ice cream? Uh, and so some people try to do something extra, uh, something for the poor or something that makes a difference in the world. Uh, you know, again, this point of Lent is prayer to enter into a deeper relationship with God and one another. Uh, fasting to, to know we fast because we, we, we make ourselves hungry to realize that other people in the world are hungry and have no choice. And then almsgiving or giving to charity. So you know, it, it, it depends on what the person wants to put into it and what they want to get out of it. For me, though, uh, just giving up something like we did when we were children, it's kind of a, a concrete reminder that this is a different season, that this is a time of year to make a preparation and kind of, you know, clean out the house and, and spiritually and kind of prepare for that coming of the biggest days of the Christian calendar, which are Holy Week, the Triduum, and and Easter, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and and Easter Sunday. Sure. Well, you know, on the other hand, it's fish fry season, too, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, and and, and that's not really, you know, fish fry. I'm not going to get into the fish fry debate, because I love a good fish fry. 
but the, the reality is that that's not much of a sacrifice. That was the whole idea was to sacrifice meat, you know. But it's good for the economy of the local bars and restaurants, so I'm not tampering with that. But I'm just saying we have to have a mindset that also says, well, what's the meaning behind this? Why am I, why am I going out for a fish fry? Is that in keeping with kind of what I want to do to be a little bit more austere in my life during uh, during the Lent season? Yeah. Why am I eating this humongous fried piece of? You can actually ask that year round. It might do uh, a little good, uh, you know, to everybody out there. Hey, Father, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and uh, we hope you, you enjoy the day and see a lot of people out there getting their ashes. Uh, good, uh, good Lent to everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Father Paul Seil from UB's Newman Center. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.